Hi, I'm Denise Simpson, a master life and leadership coach who helps high performers and leaders reach their next level of success with confidence, pride, and true fulfillment. You'll hear about real clients with real problems navigating their success in life, business, and career. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hey there, friends. Welcome. It's 1 p.m. Central Time. It's Thursday here in Austin. I hope you all are fantastic. Happy you're here. Come on in. I am Denise Simpson. I am a master life and leadership coach. I have been in the field of leadership for the past 25 years now and have been in the field of entrepreneurship the last three years. So I'm having a great time building this leadership practice. Leaving higher education and coming into this world of entrepreneurship has been really interesting. And so I'm having a great time though, coming every single week right here with you all, my friends, every single Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time, so that we can talk about some important topics. Every week, my intention is to bring a topic that is relevant, that resonates with you as a leader, and ultimately is going to help you reach that next level of success in your life and in your leadership. And so today we are talking about how leaders take emotional responsibility. And if you're here, please say hello um, and post comments. I'd love to to know who's here with me since I can't see who's on. but I can read your comments. Jamie's here. (laughs) Excellent. Jamie says she's here and this is so relevant. Yes, this idea of emotional responsibility is something that is relevant, it is necessary, and it is a useful skill that we can develop, right? This isn't natural to to us to, to take hold of our emotions, right? So as leaders, we need to develop this skill for various reasons. And so If you are a mother, a father, if you are a leader in your organization, a leader in your communities, um, a leader in your church, if you have influence over another person, you are a leader, my friend. And this topic today is so important to master. And so emotional responsibility is something that I share with my executives, my CEOs, and my, my, uh, my leaders You know, I've coached and consulted some of the most conscientious leaders on this planet. I'm so proud and privileged to be able to do this work with my clients. And the one thing, the one thing that I have learned from them is that leaders take responsibility for their emotions, right? The good and the bad and everything in between. Emotions are emotions. It's up to us on how we manage them. And so, As we know, this week is really important here in the United States. The last seven months has been really important to us worldwide. We have dealt with a pandemic. We have dealt with social injustice. We have dealt with scarcity, poverty. We have been affected uh, in, in our economy. We have shifted our lives from working in buildings, physically in buildings, to now working and homeschooling our children. Life is not the same. This week is has been a very interesting week and that here in the U.S., we are uh, waiting for the election results. 
to see um, who will sit in office. And we are all on probably pins and needles and just adding a little more stress and a little more pressure to what we've already been feeling the last seven months. There's been an undercurrent, an undercurrent of stress, an undercurrent of anxiety, right? Whether, Whether we're unconscious of it or not, there is this underlying current of feelings and emotions. And some of us are doing the best we can in managing these emotions, while others are denying negative emotion. They're doing everything they can to feel positive, to jump from where they're feeling right now, stressed, anxious, depressed, to feeling happy and excited and joyful. That's all, that's impossible, my friends. There's a big gap, a big gap from what we're feeling and what we want to feel. Why? Because we don't want to feel the negative emotion. That's the, that's the thing. That's what's causing so much anguish and suffering. And so I wanted to bring this topic to you today so that we as leaders, those of us who influence families, children, our peers, our subordinates, our followers, our constituents, we talk about emotional responsibility. And I have a few things that we're going to cover in just a little bit. Um, But emotional responsibility is, is when you take ownership of how you feel the good and the bad, right? So we need to understand how to manage our emotions. But before we can do that, we need to learn where emotions come from, right? So there's a circumstance out in the world, coronavirus, COVID-19, right? Or social injustice, or this week with the presidential election. So here are circumstances. Here are the events. The thoughts you have about those events are causing the emotion. So COVID-19 has stirred up so much within us, so much opportunity for us as leaders to reflect on what, what this pandemic has done to our lives, to our organizations, and to how we're schooling our children. And the thoughts that we have about these events are either positive or negative. A positive thought, obviously, conjures up a positive emotion. Negative thoughts obviously conjure up negative emotions. So here we are, many of us, aimlessly floating around on a boat, letting the elements, which are the circumstances and the events around us, everything that's outside of our brains, we're just floating about on this boat. The oars are now gone. We're just Wherever the wind takes us, wherever the elements take us, wherever the current takes us is where we're going. And that's how we're feeling with our emotions. No control, no direction. We're aimlessly feeling all the things because of these circumstances and these situations. And so it's time that as leaders, we step back and we analyze what we're feeling, not deny them. We find awareness around the events or the triggers that are causing us to feel a certain way. There was um, an article out back in May, uh, and it was from the Washington Post. And it was interesting because they surveyed individuals back in 2013, 2014, and that was pre-COVID and then post-COVID. And the post-COVID survey was only between May 7th through May 12th of 2020. So very short, it was less than a week. 
right? Less than a week that they surveyed. Now, the survey that they measured against was one that they conducted in 2013, 2014, and they asked participants about their emotions. They asked these survey participants how they were feeling. They asked them specific questions on depression, on anxiety, and on stress. And back in 2013, 2014, 25% of those participants said, yeah, I experienced depressive depression and anxiety. Yeah. Well, within that post-survey, right, among COVID, from May 7th through May 12th, they said, well, how are you feeling now? How are we feeling today? 50% of those participants said, oh, hell yes, I am anxious, I am depressed, I am stressed out the uncertainty of this whole pandemic. And that was, you know, obviously before the social injustice and then the, the, the presidential election that we're in right now. And so what this article states is that there's a third of Americans, a third of Americans out here are showing signs of clinical anxiety and depression. So there is, there is an issue here in regards to emotional responsibility. And so as leaders, we need to understand the data that's out there. We need to understand what our workforce is feeling. We need to understand what our children are are coping with or trying to cope around. So here we are now seven months into 2020, well, more than seven months, but seven months since the pandemic. And there is an undercurrent of depression, anxiety, and stress. Well, why is that, my friends? Well, the events, the circumstances, the chaos that we're living in right now, that's why. And no, we're not supposed to feel happy all the time. Who the hell said that, right? COVID is not supposed, I mean, this is an interesting time we're living in. We're not supposed to be joyous that thousands of people are dying, right? That, of course not. I'm not saying that. But it's understanding that we're going to feel certain things, negative emotions, and here are some ways that we can cope. So that as leaders, we get to take responsibility for how we feel and not put the blame on circumstances, events, or others in our world. And so that's what emotional responsibility is. It's taking ownership. It's saying, all right, there's some shitty circumstances out here. There's some interesting things happening in my world and things that are affecting my family, my livelihood, my finances, my home my job, my career. There are a lot of things that are influencing my world and I don't have to feel good about them, right? That's the point here. You don't have to feel good about them, but there is a way for us to manage negative emotion before it turns into clinical depression, clinical anxiety, and stress. It is your job as a leader to understand what it means to take responsibility for your emotions. And so I want to share with you my screen here. Um, Actually, let me take off my banners. Look at me. I'm so fancy now. I've got banners. (laughs) So let me walk you through three principles of emotional responsibility. They're just three. 
Um, there's, there's, this is just the beginning work, obviously. I mean, there, we can get into deeper work, which is what I do with my leaders. We get into some really specific situations, events, circumstances that I walk them through. And it's just really helping them find awareness around how they're feeling and thinking around the event or the circumstance. Because remember, my friends, an emotion comes from the thought, from the thoughts that you have about the circumstance, right? I mean, think about your life right now. What thoughts do you have around the pandemic? What thoughts do you have around the presidential election? What thoughts do you have around social justice? What thoughts are you thinking, right? This is the the spectator approach. It's called metacognition. You pull back and you go, okay, well, let me, what am I thinking right now? Right? Instead of just wandering aimlessly into a thought that then takes you into a negative emotion. No, Get disciplined in your brain. Get disciplined in your thinking. How am I thinking about this situation? Well, I'm thinking it's the end of the world, or I'm thinking the world is a dump dumpster fire, you know, or I feel like this is chaos. I feel like this is the week that, you know, the whole world falls apart. I mean, here are the thoughts, right, that you're thinking about. And the feelings that come from these negative thoughts are going to be negative emotions, negative feelings. And so the first thing we want to do is not deny that they're negative emotions. It's to say, okay, I can feel like shit today because the world is, it looks like from the out, from, from where I'm sitting right here, it looks like the world is falling apart and I don't feel good about that. And that's okay, my friends. This is step number one. Do not deny the negative emotion. You feel what you feel. Maybe it's something positive right? Maybe somebody is getting married. Maybe someone is having a child, right? Maybe, maybe there's, there are things to celebrate those thoughts and create those positive emotions. Well, feel the feelings, feel the emotion. Don't deny them. The second thing I want for you to consider is to feel them throughout the body. A feeling is the physiological response to an emotion. So physiologically, this is how we know we have feelings because they fall in our body. We feel them somewhere, somehow in our bodies. Let them land where they may. For me, negative emotion lands in my gut. It lands in my solar plexus. That's where I feel the most tension in my stomach. How about for you, my friends? And if you say to me, well, I'm not feeling it in my body. I don't know what you're talking about then let's stop and find awareness around where it's landing. Because I guarantee you, you've been ignoring those feelings in your body, the physiological tension, stress in your body. I guarantee that you're avoiding them. An emotion comes from the thought. The feeling is what we feel in our bodies. That's it. It's a physiological response to an emotion. That's the difference between those two things. So feel them through your body. Let them land where they may, right? We're in such a rush to feel good. We're in such a rush to feel elated. We're in such a rush to go find joy. And when we don't, we go numb the shit out of the discomfort. We numb it by finding food, overindulging in alcohol, perhaps pornography, or other other indulging behaviors. So of course we're feeling anxious, anxiety, depression, stress, because we've been numbing and denying these negative emotions and we don't want to feel them in our bodies. 
Well, of course that survey is correct. Of course it makes sense. A third of Americans are suffering from clinical anxiety and depression. Well, of course. So the whole point of our time together today is to understand what emotional responsibility is and to, second part, and to find ways to manage your own emotions. Because if you're leading your children, you're leading your families, you're leading your organizations, your communities, your constituents, then you, my friend, have an obligation to do this work. So number two, feel them through your body. Feel the feelings through your body. And take note. Take note where it's landing. And the third thing, now that the mind has settled in, right, Number one was we don't deny those negative emotions. Number two, we feel them through our body. And number three, now that the mind has calmed down, let's find awareness around those events. Okay, so pick the event, whatever event it is for you that's causing the most emotional pain and suffering. Pick that event. We're not denying the negative emotion. We're going to feel those emotions through our body. Because what you resist persists. What you resist will persist in your life. So if you're resisting negative emotion, trust me, it'll find a way to come gushing back right into your face, into your life. So step number three, let's find awareness around that one event for you. Is it the election results this week? Is it social injustice events and circumstances this year? Or is it COVID? Or is it that you lost your job? Or is it that your employment has been affected because of of COVID? Or is it your housing, your finances, your partnerships, your relationships? What is the event that we want to focus, that we want to find awareness around? Here is so important because we don't want to, to draw judgment. We don't want to judge ourselves or others in this situation. So when you're finding awareness around the event, you're, you're looking at the circumstances, right? You're looking at the details of the event. Why was I triggered by this event? What was it about this event? Or what was it about this conversation? Or what was it about this person saying this to me, right? Get awareness around the details of the event. And your brain's going to want to blame somebody. Your brain's, your brain's going to want to judge somebody else. Your brain's going to say, it wasn't you, Denise. It was her. It had everything to do with the government. It had everything to do with your spouse. It had everything to do with everyone else outside of you. Be careful with what the brain is trying to do here. It wants to put the blame on somebody else and protect you. We're, not, we're, we're taking emotional responsibility. And that's not something we can do here. So no judgment for self or for others in this step. Step back and find awareness around this. So you don't deny the negative emotion, number one. Whether it's a negative emotion or a positive emotion, you feel the feelings. Number two, feel them throughout your body. And if you haven't been paying attention to where you're carrying stress physically in your body, then we need to stop 
We need to stop in our tracks and we need to find where we're feeling the negative emotion. Again, for me, it's my solar plexus. I feel it when I'm angry, when I'm enraged, it goes right into my belly, goes right into my core. That's what I feel. You may feel it somewhere else. You may feel the tension on the top of your head. You may feel the tension in your jaw. You may feel the stress in your neck or on your shoulders, right? You may feel the negative emotion trapped somewhere in the body, which by the way, disease is caused by stress in the body that's trapped in the body. So see how important this, this, this step is. Number two, don't feel them throughout the body right? Let them land where they may. And then the last thing is you find awareness around the event. Okay. The mind's nice and calm. We are feeling the feelings. We are, we're identifying where it's at. We're not trying to resist the emotion. We're not trying to suppress it. We're not trying to numb the emotion. Here we are now. What was that event that triggered you? Was it the presidential election? How many of you are wondering aimlessly this week saying, please, dear God, let this week just end already. Let the announcement be so that I could feel positive or so I could feel whatever. How many of you are thinking these thoughts? Because it crossed my mind yesterday. I said, enough with the shit. I'm tired. This is exhausting. And I'm feeling all the feelings. And what did I want to do? I wanted to run to numb the negative emotion. I wanted to run and eat my way through the negative emotion. Instead, I turned off the television. I sat with my thoughts. I said, all right, this doesn't feel good. I'm not supposed to feel good. And that's okay. I'm not going to run to feeling, to jumping into joy or exhilaration. That's impossible to do. But what I can do is turn the television off, step back from what the hell I'm watching so that I can process what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling instead of what the commentator is telling me what to think and what to feel. This is emotional responsibility. You're accountable for your brain. You're accountable for how you feel. Instead of blaming the world outside of you for how you feel. That's what emotional responsibility is, my friends. And so this is a very important week. We've had a very important last seven months. We have a month Two months left in 2020, I'm about helping my leaders reach their next level of success with emotional responsibility. (laughs) We still have time to get a grasp on our emotions, to understand why we're feeling what we're feeling, and to find awareness around these triggers. Because if you can't lead your mind, then you have no business leading anybody else. So emotional responsibility, my friends, is the topic of the day and has been the topic of the week for my leadership clients. I had this one client say, I'm I'm just aimlessly walking the desert right now. I feel like I am drained, exhausted, she said. I have no hydration. I have no communication. I feel all the feelings. I feel like I'm alone in the desert walking aimlessly. And I said, oh, oh, okay. Well, here's some water. Drink up, girl. And here's the phone. 
Okay. You're fine now. And this is how we're going to be fine. You're going to take emotional responsibility for how you're thinking and feeling and behaving because of these emotions. Because if you are a leader and you are my client, we're going to make sure that you understand what emotional responsibility is. So I'm going to give you the tools, which I just did for you all today. So this topic has been so important in my private leadership practice this week. And this, my friends, is why I'm so passionate about leadership. Because if you don't know how to manage your mind and then you have no business managing or leading a soul, a single soul in your life. You take responsibility. That's it. It's just taking ownership. I feel like shit today. It feels really crappy outside right now. It feels really crappy for my kids. You know, my my kids are stressed out. My husband's trying to cope. You know, there's just so much going on. Good. You don't have to feel positive and happy every day. No one should. It's not what life's about. We're all collectively experiencing this together. We're not all supposed to be joyfully riding the roller coaster right now. Yay, no bullshit. We're exhausted. We're tired. And we leaders, we have brains and hearts too. And I want to take care of you, my leader, who's out there watching or who's listening on iTunes right now or who's on Stitcher or wherever you're you're listening to this podcast and you're not watching me here live right now. Whoever you are, know that I'm here to support you and I'm here to support your leadership. And here's a very important step to take. Learning how to take emotional responsibility. And I'm going to quickly recap because I want to offer you all an opportunity to meet with me free of charge. Listen, I'm not, I make, I I have plenty of clients. I have plenty of, of, of opportunities with my, my current clients. I want to meet with you, whoever you are out there who needs to talk to somebody who needs to just share what they're thinking and what they're feeling. I want to offer you an opportunity to meet with me. No obligation, just a conversation with another human being. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to give you that information before we, we wrap up today. But again, how, how do leaders take responsibility? Number one, they don't deny the negative emotion. They feel what they need to feel. They don't go numb it with drugs, alcohol, or food. I know it's tempting. I've did it for years. I know what it feels like to overeat. I know what it feels like to n- try to numb the discomfort, to try to numb the pain and sorrow. Because I wanted to jump from anger to happiness in one second. And I didn't know how to do that. So I went straight to food. And guess what? Food temporarily did that for me. It then became a habit in my mind and a behavior that I had to break free of. It took years to break free of because it had become such a strong habit in my brain. This is how I numbed negative emotion. For me, it was food. What is it for you? How do you numb negative emotion? Do you distract yourself? Do you watch Netflix and chill? Do you get a tub of ice cream? What are we doing? How about you folks out there who love to work out and exercise? That could also be an overindulgent. Isn't that interesting? Something positive, (laughs) like exercising, can be overused. So how do you deny negative emotions? 
find awareness around this. If you're a leader, you got to do the work here, my friend. So how do you deny negative emotion? So here you don't do it, right? We feel what we need to feel. And that takes us to step number two. Feel them throughout the body. Let them land where they may. Pay attention to where it's landing. Like I told you, for me, it was solar, my solar plexus. Isn't that funny? How For me, I used to deny negative emotion by feeding myself, by filling up my intestines so that I would just bloat and feel the temporary hit of happiness and then suffer the consequences for hours after because I was so uncomfortable in my stomach. Well, guess what? (laughs) Now that I'm paying attention to how I'm feeling, guess where it's landing? It's landing in the same place. But this time, I'm not stuffing my face or my intestines with food to numb the discomfort. I'm feeling it, that I'm feeling the tension in my solar plexus. I let it land where it may. That's for me. How about for you? Where are those feelings landing for you? Where are you feeling them throughout your body? How about migraines, headaches that you get, tension in your neck and your shoulders, right? How about your lower back? Where is the negative emotion landing in your body? Pay attention. That's step two. And step three, now that we did step one and two, okay, brain is calm. Calm down, brain. It's all good. Now we find awareness around that event. Why was I triggered by this event? What caused the negative thoughts that then caused the negative emotion? And find awareness around that here. And again, super important, my friends, no judgment for self or others in this step. So that, again, Washington Post article that I referenced earlier um, was published back in May. And so they did a pre-test, post-test survey on participants. And what was concluded was that 50% of Americans that were surveyed in this, this, this group are experiencing deep depression due to the pandemic and due to the atmosphere, to this environment, to the circumstances and the climate that we're living in right now. And so I will make sure I post a link to that article so that you have that for reference. But what, what it, what it stated was that a third of Americans, a third of Americans are showing signs of clinical anxiety and depression right now. So emotional responsibility, my friends, is definitely worth talking about, looking at, finding awareness around. And so before I give you my, um, my link so that you can visit with me, no obligation, 30 minutes to have another human being, someone who's objective, someone who's a coach, someone who coaches leaders to hear you out, to help you maybe go through this process privately. I want to offer you that opportunity. I'm going to offer this opportunity um, for the next week or so. I will put a time limit um, so that we can meet privately and you can tell me what all the things you're feeling and I can help you through this process. So I'm going to share with you that link in just a second. Jamie says my lower back. It's very strange. I wasn't really aware before, but I am now, right? So that's the thing is that we're in such a rush, right? So we feel a negative thing, a negative thought. I mean, we think a negative negative thought, we feel the negative emotion, we run off to the next meeting, right? Or we run off to go pick up the kids, or we run off to go and make dinner, right? And we deny those emotions. 
And then before we know it, we have chronic back pain or chronic neck pain. I had a sciatica nerve problem for five, six years while I was in the doctor, my doctoral program. I trapped all that stress and tension in my back. And I kept saying, oh, it's nothing. I'm sleeping wrong. It's the drive. Because I used to drive two hours to go to school and then to sit for eight hours and then two hours back. So I kept saying, no, it's the drive. It's all the sitting. It's, I mean, I'm not stretching properly. It was trapped negative emotion that turned into a sciatica problem. So that was, that was something I experienced very temporarily. I mean, five, six years, <laughs> that's a long time, but I don't have that problem anymore. But yeah, so Jamie said, didn't notice that before. Again, feelings are the physiological response of the emotion. So emotions and feelings are two very different things. We use them interchangeably, right? That's just our language. We say feelings someday, sometimes, emotions sometimes. But if you know that the, the neuroscience between these two things are very different, very different things. So feelings land in your body. And so thank you for sharing that, Jamie. Jamie asks, after we recognize how we were reaching, excuse me, how we were reacting physically, what should we do aside from being aware? My quick guess is not to find ways to numb it. Definitely not to find ways to process the awareness, right? Where you, step number three was to now sit with it. So step two was, okay, where is it landing in my body? Okay. So step three was, Okay, so now what are the details of the event, right? And taking a spectator approach in that in that step so that we're not putting judgment on ourselves for thinking or feeling a certain way or judgment on another person, right? Or judgment on the government or society or whatever, right? So that's step three. So after you feel it, you find awareness around where it's at. Now it's number three, find, find the awareness around the, the details of the event, Jamie. Yeah. And so then, um, I hope I answered your question there, Jamie. And can you talk about the difference between negative thoughts and paranoia? Yeah. I think paranoia is just, it's perpetual. Maybe Uh, paranoia could be definitely a mental disorder, a mental illness where your negative thought sometimes may turn into, if it's a habitual negative thought or mental loop in your brain, it then becomes this recurring habit in your mind. You know how there's some people that have this, like just the standard mood across the board. It's part of their personality and that, you know, they're skeptics, they're, you know, they're cynics, they're, um, they're cynical, they're almost paranoid. And that's just because maybe, maybe I'm not a, a psychologist here, clinical one either. But perhaps it's the perpetuating of the mental thought, right, into this loop. Because habits form through mental processing, through mental thought rumination, as well as physical behavioral habits, right? We have physical habits like smoking uh, could be one, right? Or overeating is another habit. But you have these perpetual thoughts that become these, these loops in your mind. And so there could be a difference, obviously, with paranoia could be more clinical, uh, clinical disorder and the negative thought. That's why we need to stop and find awareness around them so that they don't ruminate and they don't become these mental mental habits in our brains. And so that's a good question, Jamie. Um, I hope I was able to answer that. But again, I'm not a clinical psychologist, (laughs) so I'm not, I'm not too certain, um, 
the specific differences between those two. Um, okay, my friends. So let me go ahead and get into the comments here because I want to post my link so that you can visit with me, please. Um, let's copy that. And then I'm going to post that right here. And for those of you who are listening on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this, this podcast, um, the, the link is bookme.name forward slash Dr. Denise forward slash 30 minute. Um, and that's for a session, 30 minutes with me, private time for us. This, there's no obligation to pursue any work relationship with me. This is an opportunity to help you right now through whatever it is we're going, whatever it is you're going through as far as taking emotional responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings. This is an opportunity for you to talk to another leader who understands what you're going through and what you're feeling. And if you, uh, again, are listening to this, just go to my website. You'll see this. It's on the homepage and you just click on that link. And I have some, some opportunities for us to chat in private so we can talk about how to help you find emotional responsibility. Um, and then let me do one last thing here. Okay, there we go. All right, my friends. I want to thank you all so much for your time today. I know I took longer than I should. There's just so much to cover here. But I just want for you to take back control of your thoughts and your emotions. As a leader, this is your obligation. This is your duty. This is the work that we need to do. Because my friend, you take your mind and your heart everywhere you go. So how you think at home is probably how you think in business, in your organization, or with your, or, you know, in your platforms. So it's important that we find discipline around how you think and how you feel. All right, my friends, thank you all so much. Jamie, thank you for all those amazing questions. And again, please, everybody take advantage of the opportunity I have uh, scheduled for us so that we can talk in private, should you wish. All right. I will see you all next Thursday, same time, same place for another live training with me. Y'all take very good care and have a great week. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to join me inside my exclusive coaching membership for high performers. It's called Next Level Progress or NLP for short, Next Level Progress. That's right. I want to help you reach your next level of success with confidence, with pride, and true fulfillment. So head over to drdenisesimpson.com forward slash NLP to get the support you need and deserve. That website again is drdenisesimpson.com forward slash NLP. See you inside, my friend.